Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Praise the Lord. What a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Man, I hope you woke up today just on fire for the Lord. Wow, hallelujah. All right. Yesterday, I was uh, reading from Colossians chapter 2, and I started in verse 6 and uh, went down to verse 9. And I want to actually return to this a little bit so let's start with this i'm just going to go back up to verse six we're going to recap for a second and then we're going to kind of get into the teaching for today in verse six chapter two the the uh, epistle of the colossians the 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 letter that paul wrote to the church at colossi Verse 6, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ." having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in, in uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to pause right there. That was verses 6 through verses 15 of the epistle of Colossians. So understand this, brothers and sisters. When we gave our life to Christ, we were circumcised. We're not talking about the circumcision that boys get in, in many cultures, including here in the United States, that's done by the hand. We're talking about a spiritual circumcision. We're cut off from sinfulness. Now, understand this. When you are redeemed, when you're saved, you see, before you're saved, you don't have a choice but to live in rebellion. There is no choice. Doesn't matter how good you are. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how many Hail Marys you say, how many times you go to church, how many times you read a Bible or do a Bible study or a devotional. Doesn't matter if you write the Word of God, if you teach the Word of God, if you're a pastor, if you're a preacher, if you're an evangelist. It does not matter. If you are not saved, if you are not redeemed, you exist 
in a state of rebellion against God. That means if you are not redeemed, no matter what you do, no matter how nice, how generous, how kind, how helpful you are, when you draw your last breath in this world, you will stand in judgment and you will find yourself cast into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. You will find yourself for an eternity cut off from your Creator. I don't care how good of a person you are. I don't care about how you could be the world's leading, most popular evangelist of the gospel message leading tens of thousands, if not millions of people to Christ. But if you yourself are not redeemed when you draw your last breath, you will find that you have existed in a perpetual state of rebellion against God. But when you are redeemed, now you have choice. I can choose to live in rebellion, not exist, but live in rebellion, or I can choose to live in righteousness. We have a choice. This is why Paul is writing, continually encouraging believers to choose righteousness. Now, we won't get into a theological debate about uh, your destiny. I will tell you this. God will not abandon you. The word of God is clear on this. God will not abandon you. If you give your life to Christ, and you begin walking out that journey, but you get weary and tired along the way, and you decide, you know what, it's just easier if I live in rebellion, and you go back to where you came from, I say, may God have mercy on your soul. We were not redeemed so that we can continue to exist in rebellion. In fact, Paul makes it quite clear. Christ was crucified for us once. He was the only sacrifice, the only sacrifice that was pleasing to God that we could be restored to him. If we choose to embrace it, but then later choose to step into and exist in rebellion, what sacrifice is left for our sin? There's none. Why do you want to enter into some pointless debate about this? The bottom line is this. You were called to righteousness. What does that righteousness look like? It's not your righteousness. It's the righteousness of Christ. This doesn't mean that you can just go around doing whatever you feel like. And God's grace and, and and God's grace will will cover you and you're fine. I can do whatever I feel like. No, God is calling us to now walk. We our old self is dead. Let it be dead. Let it remain in a grave. Don't pick up. The, don't give life. Don't breathe life back into your old self. Don't put on the grave clothes. 
You've been circumcised by Christ. You've been separated from, from the sinful nature. Now, as we, this doesn't mean you're sin-free in this world. What this means is you've been redeemed, saved into a position of choice. So allow your dead self to remain in the grave, buried with, with, with him in baptism, and let your new self, your redeemed self, rise up with him through your faith, the activity of believing, through your faith in the working of God, allow God to work in your life, the activity of of believing God for his word, living that out, allowing his Holy Spirit to guide you in your walk, in your life, in everything throughout your life. We're called to mature in our faith. We do this by drawing closer to the Lord, this comes by reading and digesting the Word of God, listening to direction from His Holy Spirit. This means by living out His Word. And I'll tell you this, in, this, in the Sermon on the Mount, found in the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 5, the beginning of chapter 5, all the way through about three-quarters of chapter 7, one continuous teaching, the longest recorded single teaching from Jesus. If you put all of that in context, into practice, in your life, you will fulfill the law, and you will fulfill the heart of God in your life. When you were dead in your sins, says Paul, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. He canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us. You existed in a state of rebellion before salvation. When you receive Christ as your Savior, now you have choice. Now you no longer exist in a state of rebellion. But now you have a choice to make. Do I want to pursue God or do I choose to walk back into the darkness, giving life to that part of me that was put in the grave? I'll tell you right now, choose life. Don't enter into some pointless debate about, well, you know, I was saved and I know that I lived my whole life doing whatever I felt like, living, choosing to live in a state of rebellion against God. But, you know, I, I said a prayer one day a long time ago. I used to feel guilty for the choices I was making, but so, then it just became easier and easier to make those choices. No longer felt the guilt or shame for the choices I'm making. But I'm good, man, because, you know, I gave my life to Jesus a long time ago. Now I just do whatever I feel like, because after all, 
After all, I live under grace, man. God don't care what I do. God does care what you do. He does care what we do. We have a choice. Let's live according to the way of Christ. Think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah.